Martin! Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Jobber Talk with Martin! Hey guys, this is Martin. Welcome to a very short episode of Jobber Talk. And this is me reviewing WWE Live in Manila 2019. It happened at September 20th, 2019 at the Araneta Coliseum. Now, the last time they were here was WWE Live in Manila, 2016, but it was at the SM Moa Arena or something like that. So the last time they were performing in the Araneta Coliseum, it was not yet called the Smart Araneta Coliseum. I think back in 2009, where it was also a SmackDown fine slash ECW live show and it was a bit okay and not okay that it was back in Araneta for one or two reasons it's okay because it's MRT distance it's easier to access even though the MRT was cramped and second even though we were in the upper box we had a very clear view over the ringside area compared to I think I got a seating area at SM MOA Arena that's like a bit below the upper box but it felt like I was watching it farther compared it to now like I'm an upper box but I can still see it better so props to the arrangement of the Araneta Coliseum what I will not give props though is like the security issue like there were a lot of items that they were banning and they were trying to confiscate such as bags umbrellas uh, granted also guns of course there won't be weapons duh or like food outside though i i feel like some smuggled some food from the outside <laughs> let's focus on the bags now some people just had smaller bags they were saying backpacks purses and other things so technically Certain bags like small shoulder small shoulder bag or even a fanny pack would pass. But apparently some security personnel were trying to confiscate them or bring them to a deposit area to the annoyance of most of us. Uh, here's my story. Like I was already entering and heading upstairs and then all of a sudden after the dude cleared me said, Hey, uh, please bring your bag somewhere. Like what? I was not sure if he was referring to me because no one was behind me. So we were like, no, no, not sure. He's not looking at us. So let's just head up. And then I got to the port, well, a wrong port where they said to like, hey, bags are not allowed. And we were like, we have small bags. No? Okay. How about this small tote bag? Still no? Okay. Whatever. But. We still persisted and entered, and they did not confiscate our bags. So, why enforce the rules in the first place when you're not even going to enforce it? Or, what's really the rules, guys? It was confusing, and I heard some of our friends did deposit their bags at the Araneta Center before they would enter their seats. And I hope they picked it up without any problems after the show. Because if not, that would be problematic. That would be annoying. And yeah, wow, I, I think I wasted three minutes of your time just bitching about the bag issue. I'm sorry, guys. But if you guys were there watching with me, 
you know that it was freaking annoying. <sighs> okay, I'm done with the bag issue. We'll be back for the real review after the break. So stay tuned for more Jobber Talk. Coming next week. I'd like to think that MCS was the place that allowed us to you know, be ourselves first. But I have that moment that I was able to say, and your first ever PWR champion, Jake DeLeon. For me, the MCS arena had its own magic. This is Tales from the MCS. You gas out. It's his, it's his interview, sir. <laughs> You're talking over my answer. I'm helping you. Okay, and we're back in the first match was Kevin Owens versus Andrade. Man, the start of the match was both of them trying to get the cheers from the crowd, but obviously it would be Kevin Owens, especially his nice run fending off Shane McMahon the storylines at SmackDown Live. And speaking of Shane McMahon, thank you, Mr. McMahon, for letting Kevin Owens compete here in the Philippines and other parts of the world in the WWE SmackDown Live tour. Like, we did not expect him to be here until I saw that tweet. Like, are we sure we're going to have Kevin Owens? Then I saw the tweet. Oh, hell yeah, we're going to get Kevin Owens. It was a fun contest between two former NXT champions that saw Andrade hitting his running double knee smash on the corner against KO, but it only had a two count. Kevin Owens got the victory after delivering a stunner to Andrade and pinning him for the one, two, three. After the match, Andrade was gonna deliver an attack on Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens took him down with a stunner. It was a very fun opener. I enjoyed it. The crowd enjoyed it, especially when Kevin Owens went to the crowd early on in the match to cheer with them as they were cheering for him. Now, second match. Oh, this is gonna be a doozy. Because the next match featured EC3 versus Gable. And guess who the special announcer was? It's that is true. It was the 24 7 champion, R Truth, baby. And he was killing it on the mic. But damn it, EC3, you're in the Philippines, not Bangkok, Thailand. And it was embarrassing that R Truth had to correct you on that. Uh, this was a slightly shorter match. Well, for me, it felt like a shorter match than first match. And it was Chad Gable getting the win over EC3 after making him submit to the ankle lock. Now, after the match, that dastardly EC3 rolled up my champion, my 24-7 champion, R-Truth, to get the 24-7 belt. Only for a couple of seconds later when they were chasing each other to the backstage and then they returned to the ringside area. Chad Gable floored EC3 and helped R-Truth pin EC3 one, two, three, four, R-Truth to be the 24-7 champion once more. So yeah, I was happy that A, he got that belt back and B, of course, we finally get to see R-Truth in Manila. I, I didn't see him the last time in 2016, so I felt robbed. But now, just seeing him, just seeing D-Champ, 24-7 champion R-Truth in the 
smart Arunetta calls him. That already made my night. That, that was awesome for me. I was so happy. I mean, the rest that happened that night, it's just like cherry on top of the damn ice cream. There's a lot of things I still want to talk about because there's a lot of matches after this. The next match was Carmella without R-Truth. I, I don't know why. I was expecting him to be there, just like the last match, versus Mandy Rose with Sonya Deville. Now, this match was pretty fun, and of course, Carmella really played the face to the heel of Mandy Rose, and the match ended with a super kick by Carmella, giving her the one, two, three, and she was still fabulous. Now, the next match though, it was gonna be for another title and this time it was actually a sanctioned title match. A intercontinental title match between the champion Shinsuke Nakamura being escorted to ringside by Sami Zayn versus Ali. And this was a pretty nice match man. But before we go to the match, we gotta talk about the crowd reaction. Even though Sami Zayn was, you know, the bad guy trying to do his best to irritate the crowd, we were still chanting ole, 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 ole to him at the first part. And of course, the Intercontinental Champion, the crowd was singing along to his entrance theme. There was a strong Nakamura chant all across the Smart Araneta Coliseum. Because even though he should be the devious and deadly Intercontinental Champion, most of us in the crowd still love the guy. And of course, Ali. Who would not forget about Ali? The crowd was also behind Ali. The problem was there's a very strong percentage of us who also would like to cheer for Nakamura. Now let's go on to the match. It was pretty fun. There was a lot of counters. Very technical wrestling. And it could only be taught by the main event, which I'll talk about later. There's a lot of false finishes too, like there was one point in the match where Shinsuke Nakamura's finisher was about to hit Ali only for Ali to deliver a super kick to stop it. We were already doing a this is awesome chant and it wasn't even done yet because Ali would use the referee to catapult himself to the outside and onto Nakamura while Sami Zayn got out of the way but it would be Ali chasing down Zayn across the ringside area before he slid into the ring and was met by a devastating hit from Nakamura. Nakamura pinned Ali and that was it. He retains the IC title, baby. Now after the match, apparently Sami Zayn says his neck is feeling way better now after that. And he challenged anyone at the backstage area to fight him. Well, guess who fought him? Roman Reigns would answer the challenge and oh, Sami Zayn was thinking twice about him doing the challenge in the first place. Now, he, he tried to talk him out of it and all of a sudden he tried to say he's gonna sue Roman Reigns but no, Roman Reigns wouldn't have it. Beat him up in the ring. Sami would have some offense after Nakamura helped him while he distracted the referee outside to trip Reigns and take him out a bit. The blue thunder bomb was in play, but it only had a two count as Reigns kicked out of it. 
there was a time a few moments before that Sami Zayn almost got hit with a Superman punch, but he avoided it. However, the end would see him eat said Superman punch, and it lined him up for a huge ass spear. And my friend who was with me, like beside me, said, "Damn, that that was one clean spear, man." And I'm like saying, "Yeah, bro, it was freaking clean." And I guess Roman Reigns was also worried about Sami Zayn. Like he kind of speared him, but in a way that it won't hurt Sami Zayn's neck. So, well, we can give Roman Reigns all the shit we want, but hey, even he cares about Sami Zayn. So, you know, good job on you, Roman Reigns, and congratulations on your win. And now from IC title, we go to the SmackDown Women's title. It's Bailey defending his title in a street fight versus Charlotte. And my God, I was saying, wait, wait, is he going to do that inflatable thing? What are those on stage? Oh, they're doing the inflatable thingy, man. They're doing the inflatable thingy on Bailey's entrance. Oh, that, I, I was so blown out of my mind. I was like, nah, they won't do it. It's a house on. Then they did it. They did it. They did it. Yeah, they did it. So yeah, I was like pumped up on my side. Oh shit! Oh shit! They were doing it. They did it. But okay, let's focus on the match <laughs> before I just completely freak out just from the entrance that I couldn't end this damn episode. <laughs> A pretty nice, ma solid match. Charlotte took the early advantage, basically beating up Bailey through the crowd, delivering some woo chops while he they were in the crowd. And then she just carried her on her shoulder <laughs> from the crowd and back into the ring where two chairs were there. And finally, Charlotte stopped the attempt of Bailey to use the chair with her boot. But eventually, Bailey did get control with that. Aside from the chair, she would use the kendo stick. And eventually, a table would be in play later on in this match. Out of nowhere, there was a Bailey the belly. But it only had a two count, natural selection, only a two count. It's very, very intense, but for me, the ending was a bit, uh, I don't know, a bit missing. Because it was just kind of out of nowhere for me. Like Charlotte tried to deliver something on the corner, only for Bailey to drive her face first into that wedged chair on the corner for the three count. Afterwards, Charlotte was livid and beat up Bailey. She put her on the table and then she flew down from the corner and crashed on Bailey. But the table was still strong. It, it didn't break. So Charlotte grabbed Bailey and powerbombed Bailey through the table. And the table still did not break. So let's just say this is the toughest SOB of the night. But at the same time, I really, really hope Bailey is okay. But now it's time to say yeah. Because it's the tag team title matchup between The Revival and The New Day. And while The Revival was making their entrances, I couldn't help but laugh at Big E doing his splits and hip thrusts at them while they were entering. My friend Steve said, Hey, look, it's like his version of teabagging their opponents before the match would start. And when I think of it that way, teabagging from the ring ropes. Yeah, it does have that similar motion. 
Oh, Biggie. <laughs> Man, this was a very fun tag team match, especially because it's the New Day and they were like hyping up everyone in the crowd. It was Big E in control at first, but Dash and Dawson would be cutting the ring in half and taking advantage of Xavier Woods at the majority of the match. It would be the hot tag to Big E that would give the New Day some hope into retrieving or reclaiming their tag team championship from the Revival. However, it was the Revival who got the win here, man. Ugh. Scott Dawson rolled up Big E and pulled the tights for the three count and after the match they double team on Big Wool until Xavier Woods came in for the save and they would double team on Dash Wilder and took him down with a double team on Newver. And that's it folks, while the Revival still kept the titles, the New Day came out of the ringside strong and I think it's time for the main event. It's the new Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, baby. While Kofi Kingston had the crowd behind them, Daniel Bryan also had the fans chanting his name, Daniel Bryan. Because let's be honest, I mean, 2016, we were hoping to see D-Bry here for Raw live, but the problem was he retired and we thought we'd never see him live in Manila again. And... You know, flashback to last night, we finally get to see D-Bry in the ring, live in the flesh, WWE live in Manila. Of course, we loved every bit of this main event as much as we love the other segments that happened before it. There was a show of sportsmanship because the new Daniel Bryan actually shook the hand of Kofi Kingston and did not do a sneak attack. They had a very nice technical exchange of holds and moves in the first few moments of the match. It was very reminiscent of the Daniel Bryan we know and love before he became this crazy, maniacal eco-warrior who had this tall guy named Rowan. But now it's just him. It's all him. And this match shows just how focused he was. But at one point, he tossed Kofi Kingston to the outside and Kofi hit steel steps not to be confused with the ring climbing experience of pwr mind you and while daniel bryan was still okay the first few moments when he went outside he just went ballistic he whipped kofi to the steel post and he also attacked him on the outside with fury then he brought him back to the ring for the action it was another back and forth exchange from the champion from Daniel Bryan and the crowd was divided into Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan chants and at one point though some idiot was trying to start a CM Punk chant but thank God for the crowd who booed him a few moments later someone was trying to do another CM Punk chant but nope not gonna happen bro and then Daniel Bryan with a nice flying knee but it only had a two count he delivered some more offense to the champion but Mr. 24-7, baby, was about to hit him with a trouble in paradise. He misses. Daniel Bryan rolled him up for two. He attempted the yes lock, but there was an SOS for two. Kofi Kingston goes to the top rope, but he's caught with a yes lock. He reaches the ropes. Running knee by Daniel Bryan only got a two count. 
but the end would be a trouble in paradise for Mr. Daniel Bryan as and it's Uno Dos Joe Kofi Kingston is still your WWE champion, baby. After the match, there's a show of respect once more by Daniel Bryan and shook hands with the champion. And that was it, folks. That was WWE Live in Manila. And I'm so thankful for WWE, Will Bros, and of course, the fr- our friends at Centaur Marketing for giving us this kind of show. And, I, and you wonder why Centaur? Because, well, they invited us for a press conference the day itself so the media got to talk with Ali and Kevin Owens and man it's been a while so please watch out for our write-up of that in wheninmanila.com but that does not end the wrestling weekend friends because today please do check out Resorts World Manila as Manila Wrestling Federation MWF will have MWF 11 Road to Fate Featuring Tajiri versus Fabio Makisig Part 2 at the very first match. So, hey, check it out. It starts 6 p.m. tonight and tomorrow, 2 p.m. at Show 500. It's PWR Live Beautiful and Mr. Beautiful himself. Beautiful Billy Suede himself is coming back tomorrow and he'll be facing Mike Madrigal. And it'll be Quattro versus Chris Banzer for the PWR Campeon ng Pilipinas belt. So yeah, the long wrestling weekend is upon us, guys. Please watch, support our local industry as well because it is booming right now. And this is it. That's our short episode. Please do check out the next episode. It's going to be freaking long. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. It's going to be long. Trust me. Uh, don't forget to like Jobber Talk on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Jobber Talk. Channel 14 has a Twitter, by the way, at CH14, at them to check out the other shows and give them updates like Third World Linux, Third World Gaming, Radio Norman, Bodega Nights. And that's it, guys. See ya. Peace. Goodbye. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. Mm-hmm.